This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... It's making me nauseous. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Well, we certainly have a lot of subjects to cover today. We sure do, Tom. And we are so late for recording our show. We are. It's Saturday afternoon. We're literally what one might call a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Definitely a lot more than one dollar short. And I feel like it's way more than one <laughs> day, too, but even though it's not, so whatever. So, I mean, you know, we're not turning into a news site by any means whatsoever. God forbid. No, we don't want to be that with our weird agendas. No, because we are all about not having an agenda. Yeah, or a purpose, or a cause, or anything else. <laughs> or a focus, whatever. <laughs> we have no focus. And that's pretty much what this show is going to be today. The no focus show. I feel like, I don't remember you hitting record. So are we like recorded? Yes, we okay. have been recording for the last two minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds to this point in time. Even though the people were only here probably the last minute. Because there was some dog watching videos. <laughs> There's always a dog watching video. Yes, so... We had to, you know, take a turned it on, and I was like, "Whoa, I got to show you this before we get started." Because yeah, I to mean, get me in the mood to, you know, to be talk creative, about things that aren't cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens with this show, man? We go through these waves where, you know, it's like, "Hey, we're gonna talk to an awesome comedian this week," and it's like going, "Hey, we got some rape and murder for you this week." <laughs> like, seriously, murder was the case that they gave me. Well, you? No, I don't think so. You you ain't murdering anything. You run away. I'll run away. But I'll you trip, ain't murdering shit. And then I'll get That's you sure. know eaten alive or murdered. Like I'll be the first to go. But <laughs> your purpose is not to slay. Your purpose is just to dole out your herds. So why don't you get on that? I can slay your herd. <laughs> why don't you slay your herd? This week's You Heard comes to us from the Minskoff Theater in New York City's Broadway area. Ooh. Yes, and it just so happens to be the theater where the Lion King was, where the Lion King, you know, calls home. And I overheard a group of tourists sitting next to me talking about just like their, it was their first time in New York, and one of them said, America is dirty. Oh, snap. Mm. Metaphorical dirty? Because that I can get behind. They, and they were talking, too. And, like, it was pissing me off because they're like, the city's so filthy. Like, New York is so filthy. 
Good thing it didn't come like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, right? Or come uptown. Like, I mean, it's not even, even up here, like, it's not bad. Like, it's not like there's shit all over the streets like I remember there being when I would come in as a kid. Oh, and yeah. things like that. Like, it's cleaner than it's ever been. And it's like, how dare you call my city dirty? Well, it's kind of weird that, I don't know, I, I feel like there are other places a lot more dirtier than... The United States, let alone New York. I mean, I feel like, you know, New York is probably one of 30 certain parts of it. 30. I mean, as far as like there's trash and stuff like that, not on the streets. I mean, it's all Contained. contained. But I mean, it has to be because of all the filthy tourists that come to our city. Like, right. they're the ones producing it, and, and then, you know, yeah. we're catering to them. And that's the thing that pissed me off, because these were the same, these were tourists from the same area, where when I was going to lunch when I worked in the financial district one day, I came out of my building on Wall Street and turned the corner, because I was going to, like, one of my set places, and this group of tourists was standing on the corner and the one was lighting a cigarette. He looked like he was about 15 years old, so he shouldn't have even been fucking smoking to begin with. But... He took his pack of cigarettes and crumpled it in his hand and then threw it on the ground. Where were these people from? Asia. 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 See, and I would think that... They would be more respectful, is, right? Well, not even just that. You would say, like, from what I have learned from all Bruce Lee movies, is that, yes, they would definitely be more respectful. Because <laughs> everything I learn about other cultures is usually about through movies. And, <laughs> but you would think that, like... With the population in most places in Asia, you would think that they also have the same garbage problems we have. So, like, how much more filthy is it? Yeah, exactly. And then, like, with just complete disregard, he just, like, took his pack of cigarettes and just opened his hand and dropped it onto this, like, onto the sidewalk. Where, just like every place in the city, within five feet, there was a garbage can. Because you know that there's garbage cans on almost every, every single corner. street corner. Every corner. And if there's not, like, you know there's one definitely coming up soon. Within the four corners. If you're going to cross a street, you're going to pass yeah, a garbage exactly. can. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's one everywhere. And he just, like, throws it on the ground. And, like, my initial reaction was, pick that up, you trash monger. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that I could say. And I just, like, and it pissed me off. And, like, I just turned to these people that were sitting next to me before the show and just gave them, like, the dirtiest look. And they didn't even look up. They were just, like, bashing America. Well, maybe what we need to do is take a trip to Asia just to get an idea of what their culture is like before we start judging them. What do you feel like about it as far as a trip to Asia? I don't know if I'd want to travel that far, to be honest with you. That's right. Typical Americans. Fuck Asia. We ain't going there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, our opinion is formed. You ain't changing it. That's just <laughs> the kind of people we saying. are. Sorry. Shut up. <laughs> I would die on a plane trip that long. I really would. <laughs> yes. Tsar Trump says, no Asia. No Asia. That's what he's saying. Build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just build one around the whole U.S. with laser sightings that go straight up into space so like nobody can even get like into the airspace or anything? I'm sure it's probably happening, and he's going to have sharks with little freaking laser beams. And... Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That would be great. I would love a shark with a laser beam. What yeah, do we have? if you didn't have to go and feed it or anything. So every time it looked up and you have food, it would like slice you in half. What do we have? We don't have sharks. What we do we have? have? Ill-tempered sea bass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's this week's You Heard. <laughs>
Jesus, we are off to a rocky we start. We really are. <laughs> Whatever, man. All right. So you don't care because you're going away. I am going away. I'm going to be the one editing this show and having to listen to it tonight. And, you know, just like the listeners, like, oh, my God, is this really what it is? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Um, you're going back to Pennsylvania for a few a days. A couple days, yep. Which is nice for you because it should be a lot cooler than what it is in this inferno that we're living in right now. Yes, I'm going home to someone who doesn't like using her air conditioning. So, yes. <laughs> or internet. <laughs> or internet. Yes, I'm already, like, stressed out about. Can we just talk one minute about the internet situation? Because I, I was saving this. I didn't put it, like, in, like, in the, the production topic. notes or anything else. Like, I just wanted to kind of spring this on you just to get, like, a natural reaction. Okay, bring it. Ask me. Ask away. Fire away. As just your want to do. <laughs> so, like, literally, you were there... Like two months ago. Like two months ago, you set up Wi-Fi for your, for your parents. Um, so this way you can go and visit more often, mm-hmm. bring your laptop up, and be able to do work from there. Yes. Because before that, it was like a six-month, you know, stint that went by that you didn't get a chance right. to go because your hours, there was no way you could go and like, you know, not work. Yeah, my mom and my mom refused to have like any type of internet, so. Why is it that she refused to have any type of internet? Because she's afraid of like... Wi-Fi. She's afraid of Wi-Fi. She's the afraid singles. of like people knowing her business and. Well, I mean, it's strange because you set it up, you left, you know she didn't use it because and you it sent worked. her emails and exactly. stuff like that, and... and it worked completely fine the entire time I was there. Yes, and then what happened? And now all of a sudden my brother's there and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with the Wi-Fi? Why did you do it this way? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? And like now he can't get one of his devices on Wi-Fi. Brilliant. This is going to be a cluster of a trip for you. It is. Like I'm already pissed off. Like I am already so pissed off. <laughs> well, you know, I would have to say maybe the first thing that you should do is to settle your mom down. Just make an aluminum foil hat mm-hmm. when you go. Put it on her and just tell her to sit there and relax. She's totally protected from any Wi-Fi signals now. <laughs> then tinker around a little bit. I think I heard you mention that there was a problem with the password, which is odd that out of all things, it would be a password problem since you actually have to go in to change a password in order for it to be different than what it is. Yeah, there's like now they're saying like the password's not working and Michael's like it's stupid and this is ridiculous and I don't understand why you set this up this way and <laughs> and I'm just like okay this is fantastic like this is it's written down like on paper in a notebook like for her so it's like I don't understand what the problem is because like it's all written down he even sent me a picture of the page that I wrote all the shit down on oh my god well I mean. If you have the picture and you know what all the passwords are, you just be like, this is the password and it should just work and that should be it. Done. Whatever. I guess I'll see what kind of fun awaits when I arrive tomorrow. Worst case scenario, it'll be an eight hour round trip for you (laughs) so that you can get back here to do work on Monday morning. (laughs) Worst case scenario. And why are you going back this weekend? Because it's my birthday. That's right, you old bitch. <laughs> <You're> like, seriously? <laughs> I guess I am an old bitch. <laughs> people an old listening, bitch. <laughs> people listening to this show are going to be like, man, you have the maturity level of like a 14-year-old. And here you are. 
Way older than that. I'm 39. Yeah, I just turned 39. The people at work were very surprised. They were like, oh my God, I thought you were in like your late 20s. I was like, shit, all right. It's probably from all that sass. It is from my sass. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't keep the sass in. I let it out. You have the sass of a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> we're shocked what comes out of that mouth. And what's so weird is that you do most of your, like, interactions, like, through chat rooms and stuff like that for work. Mm-hmm. So when you when you're saying stuff to them, they're probably just reading it like, oh, that could be, like, any weird 20-year-old yeah. kid, like, just sassing it, it up. It transcends ages, my sass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what else transcends ages? Tell me. The play American Psycho. The oh, musical. The Broadway musical that recently closed. I, man, why don't you just literally I thought twist I would just the twist knife. It. I thought I would just twist give it a little bit twist. You called me an old bitch. I had to get back to you somehow. Is that how, though? You want to take something that just, like, influenced me more than anything else has in years. Well, years. I, just, I just didn't want people to get confused, you know, if we were talking about the movie or the musical. So I wanted to be, I wanted them to be clear. Well, look, the movie was good. You know I'm a fan of the movie. But I'm a fan of pretty much anything Christian Bale is in. And that goes without saying. Even Newsies? Because I don't think he I wants you to. I never saw Newsies. I didn't either. I'm not a big, like... But I will say... Disney singing musical fan. That my boss's boss raved about Newsies on Broadway. I heard a lot of good good things about that on Broadway as well. But it's a Disney joint, right? I think so, yeah. Oh, man, it's so much with the Disney, man. But I it can't probably handle means that somebody's no going to die because somebody always dies in something Disney. Oh, but it's always a dog or an animal. Or a parent. It's always like a parent. It's yeah. It's it's never like somebody where it's like going, oh, that looked like a character that should die, and not because of skin color or anything like that, which is what usually happens in like every horror movie. Because you know that's the formula. They always kill off the Afri- African American guy every time you see a movie, a horror movie, oh, sure, yeah. and there's like six people in it, and one of them is African American. You know that's the one yeah, that's going to die first. It is Absolutely, ridiculous. yeah. But that's not the way it is in Disney movies. Disney movies, they just kill off. Dogs, animal, yeah, parents. Animals, but like it's always like Bambi's parents. mom died, Mufasa died, and I yeah. cried just as hard as when Mufasa died in the Broadway show as I did in the movie. I can't even believe you liked that show. The oh my god, I loved it. Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. I know, but man, I was not a fan of that play at all. Oh my god, the play was amazing. Well, you had a different experience because you got to go backstage. Right, but even before that, like, we didn't know if, that we were going to be able to go backstage for sure. So it was, like, just the whole experience. And it wasn't just because we were in, like, the first six rows. <laughs> like, it wasn't just because of that, because we had a special ticket. Like, we had more special tickets than we ever get for just shit like that. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, we've done very, yeah, very well with tickets. very well for ticket-wise. Yeah, we lucked out. But, like, it was just the color and, like... The energy, the color and the energy of it was just like, oh, my God. It was absolutely majestic, The Lion King. Would you say that it was better than American Psycho as far as the color use of colors and such? The artisticness of the See, stage. See, to me, it was, it was different. It was different because, like, I've been to, you know, enough Broadway shows to know... Like, I've not seen as many as you. Like, definitely not as many as you. But, like, I've seen enough that 
<laughs> Tom's sending me signals about talking into the mic because I get like very uncomfortable. How do you talking. not know I how to just, talk to the mic? We've been know. doing this show like, for almost a year now. We're coming I just on, get and you're like just like uncomfortable having it in my like. You know what I want? I want some of those like obnoxious headphones. I'm not getting it, Thea. You have to learn how to use a microphone. Look, here's the thing. It's I, I, we're gonna eventually put up a video of the show one day just so everybody <laughs> can see what we what the hell happens here like in the meantime no to say you just want to show people what you have to put up with with me i really really do actually i don't even care if people see it i just want a record for myself to just justify to myself why i want to put a pillow over your head sometimes in the middle of the night because you oh my god are, you are seriously I, i'm like all right look just look at the microphone and then what's it your makes, excuse? It makes me dizzy. Like, it's <laughs> like it's too close to my face. So it makes me like, oh, like I could feel like I'm going cross-eyed. I've never met a person who could not look at a microphone without getting dizzy. Like, like um, that, or has gotten dizzy, rather. Like, that is the most bizarre thing because... <laughs> You just look at it, you line up your mouth, and you're like, oh, my mouth is pretty much dead on target. Look, I, it's pretty much dead on target Now right I now. can look up, and everything will be just now fine. Now I'm looking up. Now I'm looking up. And so. then you know what happens? And then you pick up your head, and you're talking over the microphone into the other room. <laughs> I'm very animated. What can I say? I feel like if I take your microphone, and I put it, like... On the shelf behind me. <laughs> It'd be a better we'll place have to better sound. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe we should hang it from the ceiling so that I could like talk up into it like Lemmy did for Motorhead. Like I always loved how he like sang upward. Or maybe we should just go back talking about American Psycho. Okay, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. While speaking into the microphone. Whoa. <laughs> so all right, so here's how it works out. So it's Nikki's birthday's weekend so uh, well, i'm sorry nikki's birthday month let's really really week call I, it what we I call it a week it's a week uh, all right so we get tickets for american psycho we're sitting in what row are we in 16 i like think 16 yeah i mean we were close we're super close close, yeah. close i mean the seats were absolutely amazing but the theater is small mm-hmm. so no matter where you sit the seats were going to be amazing no matter what true so you get in and there's no curtain. And I wish to God, I, like, if this play was still going on, like, I would be on the campaign trail, like, telling everybody in the world they got to go see it, <laughs> which I'm still doing now. I'm like, man, did you see it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, well, you really, really blew it by not seeing it because it was seriously my favorite play of all time. Yeah, like, it's definitely it's definitely mine, too, because it was, like, nothing I had ever seen before. Because I'd seen, like, you know, the big ones, like Phantom and Lion King, which are, like, these huge, huge productions. This was just minimalistic, and it had... It was, it was minimalistic and just immensely impactful. Yeah, and it, when we walked in, no curtain on the stage. No curtain, yep. So you just walk in and you could just see this huge, vast... It looked like, the way they had it set up, it looked like the ultimate New York City apartment. Mm-hmm. It's where, whenever whenever anybody ever says, I want to live in New York City, we all picture that same corner apartment. With the with views. Floor-to-ceiling yeah. windows and the vertical blinds, and it's all white and pristine and very minimalistic. I mean, you know, looking for apartments again now, and I see the pictures, and I'm like, this looks nothing like my dream apartment. It's just people shits all over the place. There's like, you could see cat hair on the couches and stuff. Oh my God, I hate that, yeah. And I know all of that stuff leaves. But like, I want to go in knowing I'm getting the dream. 
for $12,000 a month is like (laughs) seriously like the apartments that I want as opposed to $2,000 a month, which is the apartments that I could afford. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So, you know, you go in and it's just, everything's just white and clean and it's kind of like very, it's very sterile and it's just, you're looking at it and you're like, oh man, it's very, very cool looking, but it's gonna be two and a half hours of just a white stage like how good is this really gonna be like i I gotta say that was the very first thought that was in my head before anything even happens right like how is this gonna make a whole play yeah and then all of a sudden the play starts and it starts just like the movie does um and you realize there's like a contraption in the floor that things rise up and go down so they could change the sets rather easy. <laughs> and things on either side, like um, like a like, dolly, almost. like a lazy Susan, like a lazy two Susan. lazy Susans on either side of the stage. And that was, and then maybe like one level behind, like where those vertical blinds mm-hmm. were to make the stage elongated. And that was really it. And Jesus, man, what they were able to do with that space creatively Mm -hmm. as far as being able to use like those two turntables to spin things in and out and use the floor to like drop like props in and out and Mm -hmm. characters and you know just uh, that alone was incredible yeah like it was like i wish i wish there was a way that i could liken it to like like the stage production of like i don't know like like a Roger Waters. Like it was like, to me, it was like that kind of level, like where like Roger Waters or Paul McCartney has like huge, huge production value. Like, you know, the use of like, what is it? What? Like, <laughs> what like is technology it? What you and like, like just stuff. Like it was just such a good use of technology to create this whole world beyond just this little stage. Yeah. And like what they did was it was, it was so simplistic but complicated. Like it, it looked like it was simplistic, but God knows what must have went in behind the scenes because they used projectors to like illuminate the stage different colors with different patterns and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they had scenes where, you know, they were in the Hamptons and they had like just lit everything blue and put clouds up and and then had like like some kind of filter or something on the lights to make it look like water reflecting from a pool. Yeah, and while that all was going on, we were looking at it and I swear it was like, it captures the feeling, the fake feeling of what the Hamptons is. Because you could love the Hamptons, but let's be realistic. It's not a real, it's not a reality for most people. It's the reality for the 1%. That, right. That's right, really course, what it is. Yeah. But for the rest of us, it's just unobtainable gloss and they found such an awesome way of capturing like that unobtainable gloss they really did you're looking at it and you're like you guys fit in that scene so perfectly like it's a dream scene you all fit in it because seriously everybody in that cast was a model oh my god yeah like it was just because that's how like the beautiful people were back in the 80s like that's how the 80s Manhattan was like it was just these like beautiful women and like they they captured like the women like that you know are like named like Buffy and like like I don't know like I'm trying to think of like these ridiculously like affluent names that like you would read about like these socialites and shit and it's like and they'd be like she'd be like pot track pot track 
And it's like, that's how they like, that's how they talk. Like they captured the essence of what, and especially like, and you had that to compare to because you were here, you saw that New York. I never saw that type of New York. But back in 87 is when I started going to college here in the city and sneaking out to clubs that wouldn't proof and stuff like that. Right, yeah. And they were making references to <clears throat> like Danceteria, they were making references to Tunnel, like the Tunnel Club. These are all places that I've been like growing up. And, and those are places that like I knew about from Sex in the City, which you're going to roll your eyes, but like that was like the New York that like I always wish that I knew, like that club scene of New York. So like the closest I ever got was just like watching movies about that time and like Sex in the City reminiscing about like those days. So like. Yeah, it's like New York took a turn at some point. And, and I mean, a lot of it is for the good. It, re- it you know, I, I be honest, it really is. I mean, it's, it sucks that old New York is gone. I personally liked old New York better. I like the no, grittiness. I like the grittiness. Like the club scene was cool. I mean, but, you know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of aged out of the club scene now. It's not like they're going to let me walk into a dance area. Danceteria, I would say probably by the time you hit age 35, you weren't going to get past that velvet <laughs> rope. There was no possible way, you know, unless you knew somebody, you weren't really getting in. But like those clubs and stuff like back then, it really was the oddity of seeing people like me back then. Because back then, for me, it was, you know, jeans, black T-shirt sports coat sometimes i mean that's so nothing's changed really nothing has ever changed i'm looking at you wearing jeans and a black t-shirt <laughs> right now <laughs> uniform for life <laughs> but i mean it, once you get a look man just stick with it because <laughs> it's too confusing to change it up and then people are like what the hell kind of crisis are you going through right now <laughs> so you know when you get into these situations you would go into like these clubs and stuff like that you would see a ton of people like me mixed in with those other kids that would actually come in suits with, you know, like full three-piece suits, like on the dance floor, where it was like, you could see the change happening. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you could see, like, you know, the, like, poor people mingling in with the rich or the rich bleeding into the poor people's lifestyle because, you know, it's just a metaphor for what happened up here. It was like a bunch of poor people in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And then people with any amount of money were like going, wow, we could afford to live there a lot better than we can afford. And then they infiltrate the area. And then you get what we have now where it's like kind of Which like. Which is a failure to communicate. Well, it's a failure to communicate, but it's also like kind of like a struggle now between two groups like going after the same plot of land. That all started happening like back in the club scene years ago where, you know, here we are, a bunch of dirtbag kids like myself going in and hanging out at these clubs. And then one day you're looking up and you're like, what is with like all of these suits like coming in and stuff? Like it it was just very. Because it became a place where they could be free of like whatever was happening on the outside of the club. And then like. Right. And then taking it and just completely like. Like the book I'm reading now, where like how it, it's called um, City of Mirrors, and it's about like you know this vampire infestation and stuff, and it's just how they just kind of infiltrated the world to just take over and just take them all out. That's yeah. exactly what happened. They were virals, these '80s people. <laughs> <laughs> I 
well, it didn't stop. I feel like they didn't actually make it all the way because the one thing about like the super rich people is most people are never, ever going to ever get to that point in their lives. So they might infiltrate it, but they'll never fully, fully take it over. But they'll find ways of shutting it down when they're done playing with it. Right. Yeah. You know, which is kind of like what's happening up here. It's shutting Harlem down because they're getting you know, done playing with it. So what was once affordable housing, you know, four years ago was like, okay, we could afford to live almost in any apartment building anywhere. But now they're blowing up apartment buildings and putting up brand new ones. And it's kind of like, all right, we're looking at $8,000 a month now. And it's like, for up here? Yeah. And it's like, what are you kidding me? And yet there's not even that many people that can even afford that much, right? And it's like, who are you building these things for? Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I don't know. It's very weird. But that play did an amazing job of capturing what that side of the fence looked like. Mm -hmm. Because, you you know, and it's the same thing with the movie where you think they got it all. Like they have everything. And it's like, man, I would give anything to have that much money and be able to do those things. Because growing up, for me to go to a club or something like that, you know, it took a whole week of working to save up to go into the city sure, and buy yeah. a $20, you know, drink if that's what I felt like having. Yeah. And God forbid somebody else wanted a drink and it's like, hey, can you get me a drink? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> because it was like, all right, give me cash. I'll go up to the bar because otherwise I can't afford, you know, six drinks at the end of the night yeah. by the time it's all said and done. Because I was a kid back then. who Nobody could yeah, afford that. Yeah, who could afford that, yeah. So... They did a very awesome job of capturing like what happens to those people because not all of them like were all happy and running around. They, right. they they were cracking just like the rest of us. The only difference was is most of us kind of were against them because we were just like, we don't understand you. You might be the one percent, but we don't get it. So when you have problems, fuck you, man. Yeah, we all got problems. You could at least afford yours. Yeah, because, like, his worst, like, you know, Patrick Bateman's worst problem was that, like, he didn't get, like, what is it, like, the Fisher account or whatever the name of that account was. Yeah, yeah like, the Fisher account. His business cards weren't as yeah, cool. Yeah, like, his business cards had, like, a font or something or, like, some kind of special ink that was being discontinued. And it was just, like... <laughs> Oh, my Christ. Like, But imagine if those were your problems, Like, I would give though. anything to have problems that, like, the worst part of my day was that, like, my business card was, like, trashy compared to, like, my <laughs> colleague that I hated, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, think about it, though. When, you know, they go over, like, those trivial trivial problems. That's a word, right? Mm -hmm. Trivial? Did trivial, I say yeah. it right? Yeah. I just couldn't say it with another word tacked onto it because it just sounded too convoluted. How to isolate that word. So the trivialness of like something as dumb as a card. I think it happens like when so many things are going right for you that you have to start making up problems for yourself. Where it's like going way too happy right now. And I feel like every once in a while like that happens to me. Not oh, often. Absolutely. Yeah. Not often. Because usually yeah. there's enough shit to complain about yeah. where it's like, okay, no, it's like, all it legitimate. Totally, but. Yeah, like it, it, it totally is. Like an, a lot of people we know are are, just, are like that. Like, oh my God, I'm going to focus on this like stupid little part of this. And it's like, are you that dumb that you can't look around you and see like all the good things that you, you have? Yeah. But that's, that's, I think, what life is now. And I think that like, you know, as more time goes on and more greed amps up because it's so weird because 
years and years ago, like back in high school, I remember like, I think it was like a popular science article that I read about something along the lines of- You read popular science? Once in a while, once in a while, well, whatever. Nerd alert. You know, I gotta say, the Red Barchetta by Rush, song about the race car, came from popular science. And? It was a story in popular science that they wrote the song on. And? Just saying, like it's, it might be nerdy, but it's also pretty rock and roll. So, <laughs> well, but, from the mouth of babes, everyone, from the mouth of babes, whatever. But seriously, when you, when you, I think what the article's focus was was, um, eventually there would be no middle class. Mm-hmm. Middle class is going to be completely, completely wiped out because there was going to be a battle for wealth, mm-hmm. and either you were going to like risk everything and make it, or you were going to risk everything and lose it. And it was going to be nothing in between. And you could kind of see that now with the way rents are and yeah. stuff. The rents are too damn high. Well, <laughs> yeah, so true. But like, you know, in seeing a play like this, you never really get to see behind that curtain of like a broken rich person. You yeah. know? Like you, if, if there's ever like a, a, a situation where there's somebody that's a story that's about like a rich person. It's always like their success just gets greater. It just constantly gets great. Like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies when we saw that like a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, there's this affluent family and they're just going to marry into this other thing. And then all of a sudden this zombie apocalypse breaks out or whatever. And then all of a sudden somehow they just rise above it because they're all just perfect fighters and perfect this and perfect that. It what. No, even that, like a fantasy type story, doesn't explore like what happens when you're rich and you're just as broken as everybody else. Right, yeah. And like it does show that like, you know, just because you're a certain class level or something like everybody does have their own demons. Like everybody has them. Yeah, and I love the way they went in and out of how, like, Patrick Bateman would, you know, start to, like, start to crack, Mm -hmm. where they would, like, have, like, a static filter on, like, whatever colors were happening on stage at the time. Yeah, it would start going, like, like white noise, yeah. Yeah. So they had, like, um, a Christmas scene, and you could see as he starts getting anxious, things starting to, like you know, static up and then you could tell like, oh, something was gonna yeah, happen. He's gonna like your start he's gonna start losing it. And the Hamptons, like he just wanted to go home and you could see things to static up. And Central Park, they lit up the stage in green. It was beautiful. Oh my God. Like you really felt even though it was on this pristine white background of like this, you know yeah. just open vastness and there's green lights on it and stuff like that with just a park bench but just looking at it you just felt they had cool like, on the inside like yeah. i'm in the park and they had it like like when you sit because i spend a lot of time in the park like sitting on the benches and i usually stay on like the west side like where the bridal path is and like i'll find like a perch and like you're in the foliage but then just beyond like the park border walls you see like the the apartment buildings rise up and like they had just like like images of that like rising up as if you were like engulfed in the park like that feeling that you get where like you're like I'm in all of this nature and like the sounds of the city have like dulled a little bit because you hear the trees rustling in the breeze and you hear 
like the footfalls of people running and like animals and shit like that and then like but you look out and just a few like you could see the the city that surrounds it yeah like reminding you that like yes you're in this like tranquil place but like there's still a city outside those walls yeah and it's it's crazy because we go to the park often often mm-hmm. especially now like me i try to go like during lunchtime as often as possible because it's like seven blocks away from where my work That's is awesome. at the moment yeah so i'll go through and i'll sit there and since seeing the play like i get it like i I'll, I'll like sit on the park bench and i'll be all right let me just decompress for a minute because whatever's going on look even on a good day, we all get stressed out. It's just what it is. Sure. It's, it's work. So you're sitting there and you're like going, it's just going to be in this calm green area, just decompress for like 10 minutes and then get back to my desk. So I'll walk down, I'll sit on the bench and I'm like going, ooh, ever since seeing the play, I'm like, this is what those lights were like. Like it's, it's so serene and mm-hmm. calm. And then there'll be like just some little turd with a freaking scooter that will just get too close to my personal space and i'll have that like static go in my head like and i'm like oh yeah i didn't leave the city i'm just like you know 300 feet into the park and and i think i'm calm but i know in 300 steps from now i'm gonna be walking down the sidewalk looking to kill somebody and that's just the way it is Yes, perhaps the people that are outside our door right now screaming and barking and letting their dog bark. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, that's the other thing. I'm I'm sure no matter what apartment Patrick Bateman was in, there were not people, like, camping in his hallway with dogs. Oh, my gosh. That's one thing for the middle class and the poor have to deal with every <laughs> single day. Not you in your financial district high rise. <laughs> Or no, he wasn't in the. No, he lived on like the Upper East Side, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah, like in the seventies. I believe so. I wanna. I really, really, really want to delve more into it. And I, you know, I do want to reach out to like some people from the cast. And I do know that the show is over, but I definitely a hundred percent want to explore the show more and just see what the experience was like from okay, well, we'll the do aspect that, of these then. people. So we'll see. That's what we get for you know being somewhat journalistic, right? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> what else is in the news? How about rape? Yeah, let's just move right along to rape. Because <laughs> that's just such a great topic to talk about. We covered imaginary murder. So now let's talk about realistic rape. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler Durden comes home the other day from school all amped up because of the rape case that is now, you know, taking America by storm. Yes, the, um, you know, obviously the rape case that we're referring to is the Stanford <laughs> swimming case because Tom obviously. was just convinced that <laughs> it was in Connecticut, but whatever. Well, I think, you know, I think Stanford, I automatically think Connecticut. Yeah, because you're thinking Stamford, not Stanford. Look, man, it doesn't make a difference to me one way or the other. The fact of the matter is I'm against rape, but now I'm against, I'm against Stanford too. Yeah. And, and- Stanford. <laughs> We're just against it all. The hell with all of it. <laughs> Good God, you dick. <laughs> Let me tell you why being a negative person is like so easy in life. Because whenever something comes up, whether you're right or wrong, you could just always just say, I'm against it anyway. Yeah. Pretty much. And that's that's where a very we're at. that's a very Pennsylvanian thing to do. <laughs> well, especially in your circles. <laughs> so why don't you spearhead? The Brock Turner 
rape case. Okay, well, where would we? Where would you like us to start? Tom? Well, Tyler came home the other day from school. She was all amped up. The schools are going crazy, crazy with this, yeah. over this. Yeah, like they're they're talking about like which I think is really really good because I remember when you know I don't I don't remember a lot of cases. Like I'm sure there were a lot of like rape cases that were like high profile when I was in high school. But like one of the main things that I remember about being in high school and like things happening was like the OJ Simpson thing was huge. The Rodney King thing was huge. And I just remember only one of my teachers and like I had like a civics class where like that would be appropriate for and like nobody opened up a discussion about what was happening and like what we should have like teaching us what like that these things happen because we grew up in a very white very you know certain areas were like you know very middle class and stuff so like we never had things like that happen too much in our backyard now it feels like bad shit happens everywhere and that was something that like a lot of people like aren't prepared for because of the way that they were handled these things so like Rodney King we were never told what happened with that we never studied that in class but like they opened up this discussion like they changed curriculum pretty much like at the end of the year you know it's like the school year's wrapping up and stuff and like they opened up this discussion to these students to talk about like what do you think about this and like and like Tyler explained how like her classmates would like were crying in the class because they were so passionate about the things that they were talking about because you know if you don't know you obviously are living under a rock but um you know this this kid was just convicted back in March for a, a sexual assault that he committed on a girl who was um unconscious because she had drank too much that he committed is the key that exactly that he, he committed. was convicted yeah he was convicted back in march for and the, he admitted to it and he yeah he admitted to it um and he was convicted of this rape that happened back in like january of 2015 um mm-hmm. they both were like stanford students he was you know this like potentially potential olympian swimmer or some shit and he like got um a scholarship to stanford to go for swimming which i've never even considered stanford having like sports or anything like that i never thought that that would be like a sports Mm. thing but um so you know and like there's just been like this this fire storm because the minimum sentence that i've read was like is like 14 years for this and they were seeking six years Mm. he got six months with two months off for good behavior time served yeah, for time served and good behavior. Yeah. Good behavior that, you know, he landed where he was because of, of something completely of yeah, because of something that was like the exact fucking opposite of bad behavior. So it's just been this firestorm because he's a white affluent kid. Yeah. Which isn't helping, you know, the the white case in this current climate. Right. And it's things like this that it makes you realize why there is so much like disdain for the white for white people but when you group all white people in with people like this piece of shit like that's where the problem comes in right because we are not that you know and like and for you to think that everybody is like this kid is all sorts of wrong however 
like it's true that like if this kid was black, he would be locked up with the keys thrown away. Oh, it would be fourteen years, like the other guy who went to jail, like you know, on yeah. a fourteen year sentence and got out because of DNA evidence proves that it was six him. years after the fact. And it's kind of like that guy lost years, years of, his of his life, life. and this kid is going to lose months. Yeah, but the girl who's his victim is now going to have psychological trauma for the rest of her life forever like and just reading because like i read the statement that she read to him in court and she had asked the judge you know is it okay if i read this statement to him and she read it like directly to him about how because she had no idea how like what happened like she had no idea she knew that somebody was assaulted she never knew it was her like she didn't realize what was happening was happening to her because she just like she completely blacked out and you know there's a lot of backlash because it was like well you know she was she shouldn't have drank that much she shouldn't have done this she shouldn't have done that well <laughs> fuck you okay because you know what i've been around people that have passed out i've had people pass i've fucking blacked out you know that oh i know that <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what happened either i don't know <laughs> no. I, I never know when, like when i black out but it's not like it's something that like i do all the time or whatever but even if i did even if I fucking blacked out at a party, that doesn't give you the right to fucking sexually assault me or anybody. Well, that's where the thing comes. And I think that before when you were saying how, you know, you grew up in a primarily white er middle class area mm -hmm. um, and these things didn't really happen that much. I don't think that's true. I think it happened all the time. But you just, just didn't know it because... People of middle class don't really talk about those things. And people of, I think, low class, not, mm -hmm. not low class, but, you know, people of low income, people of middle income. Um, it doesn't really make it doesn't make headlines unless it's somebody like, ooh, this person's son did this. Traumatic. Like it has to be something impactful. And then, and then you get like, you know. Which is sad, too, because. Of course it So is. many cases that like you don't know about. Well, that's it. The You don't know about like 99.9% .9 of the shit that's happening. Like, I'll tell you, like growing up, I swear there has was so many instances of rape growing up. And you would never know it until like years and years later when somebody was like, oh my God, remember that time like in summer camp? And it was like, what? what? <laughs> and then like they would tell you the story and it's like, holy shit, like I remember like these things happening like, you know, in summer camp and whatnot. But you would never put it together like, holy crap, that was an outright rape. But you know, girls at the time weren't going home and telling their parents like, oh, my God, I went to summer camp and I got raped because they didn't know how to like it, communicate yeah. with it because nobody knows how to communicate these things. No. And it, and too, and, the, and it's like it kind of it goes along the same the, the same thing of like, remember when we watched Spotlight a couple weeks ago and yes. I got so like it completely derailed me that movie because <laughs> as. I, I was brought up Catholic. I went to a Catholic grade school. And we had priests. Um, during the early part, we had nuns because, like, priests were always around. But, like, nuns seemed to kind of, like, ebb and flow, like, the amount of nuns and stuff. And then it became lay people that were our teachers. But the priests were still, like, they were there to do the, the mass. They were there to, like, teach certain classes and stuff. And it derailed me because it was, like, as you saw all these people come out of the woodwork, like, after that story broke. And they were, like the calls weren't calls of people canceling subscriptions. It was, I was a victim too. Like even in Boston, they were like, there was 90 some priests 
that were part of like 13, like there were 1300 priests and 90 of them were like rapists technically. And it, no, th- like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not even technically. They were outright rapists, man. But it just, and then like, and then like, but imagine that, that that's Boston. And then like you go and you think about like the diocese in Chicago, in New York and things like that. And, I came from a very small area where if you were part of the Catholic community, you went to church every week with the same people. And then it was like, holy shit, did I know kids and not even fucking know that I knew kids, that I sat next to kids? Like, and I remember like freaking out because I remember like my dad and grandmother were very, very religious. They lived across the street from a church. And I remember how important it felt when Father Sullivan came to our house for dinner, and it was like, oh my God, Father Sullivan's here. He was like a fucking rock star. Well, yeah, he was the, he was God's represent, representative. But even that, hanging out with you guys. But even yeah, and but even beyond that, he was like the first young priest because he had just came out of the seminary and things like that. And we had like these old priests that were just kind of like. They weren't friendly. They didn't know how to talk to kids and stuff like that. And then, like, here comes this guy. And he's, like, there to, like, be – he was cool. And it was, like, holy shit. Like, did he do things that, like, we don't know about? Like, and it made me really, like, rethink, like, everything that I've thought up until this point of, like, my childhood. Like, did something happen to someone that I knew about and, like, Undoubtedly. we didn't know? Undoubtedly. It goes without saying that you absolutely positively know people who gotten raped at some point in their lives absolutely such a sad scary thing and it then is. it's scary to like have this girl who has gone through something so horrific that no woman or man you know when thinking about priests or any other type because rape does happen to men as well no yeah it's not talked about but like not only does she have to live with what happened to her and what this fucking little piece of shit did to her but now she has to like defend herself against the fact that like oh well you went to a party and you got drunk so what did you expect it's like oh well then maybe you shouldn't have dressed you know in a short skirt in the like you know and walked home in a short skirt in the middle of the night but that's always been people just grasping at straws like trying to like find a way to justify their defendant's behavior yeah and like because they don't want to own up to the fact that this kid did something that was very, very wrong. Very, very wrong. And you can tell the lack of education that we have as far as, you know, um, rape culture in our country because of the lack of communication on it. The fact that the dad was willing to go and step up and say, like, you know, his dad, you now should, you're yeah, yeah, the, about, the, yeah. The, the son's, the, yeah. the rapist, the rapist's son. son. Yeah. He, he just the way he was defending him and being like, you know, like I want like leniency for him because of this or whatever. And it's kind of like he suffered enough because, you know, he had to go to jail and his reputation is ruined. And it's kind of like you obviously don't understand what actually happened because your son physically, even if it wasn't rape, your son physically assaulted somebody else. Yeah, and even like one of the things that she wrote was, alcohol is not an excuse. Regretting drinking is not the same as regretting sexual assault. We were both drunk. The difference is I did not take off your pants and underwear, touch you inappropriately, and run away because he left her behind a fucking dumpster. Well, yeah. I, I know I know the story. I hope that everybody knows the story. Like if everybody they should, yeah. If they don't know the story, it's kind of fucked up because I feel like this should be like the start of 
a lot of conversation. But I feel like every time there's like a major rape case that like gets national publicity, it should be the start of a conversation. And it never never is. is. It will like outrage people for a week and then it will go away until the next rape case comes and then it will be talked about again. But at the end of the day, it's not condonable. And yeah. Tyler and I were thinking, what can punishments be for such a heinous act? Like I believe castration. See, you believe castration. I go off for the eye for an eye. I'm sorry. We have much, much different opinions on like what it should actually be. The thing should be is if you have two parents, let's say hopefully, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to have two parents in the same home that are raising you, they're more aggressive, more satanic of the two mm-hmm. parents. And you know everyone has oh, their yes. roles. So my castration is worse than what's a, what you're about to say. Yeah, because I think like for me, I would say the courts go. They say did you do this? The kid goes, yeah, I did it, but blah 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 blah. It's Here's yes my no excuse question. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so you did do it? I don't care about the rest. Yeah, exactly. It's a yes or no question. And then the dad can write all the letters he wants and stuff like that. And instead of wasting the time of you know the courts after that. Instead of wasting the time of the jail, the you know mm-hmm. correction officers and police and investigation of everything else, once you got a confession confession out of this kid and you know it's true and you have DNA evidence and you have like eyewitnesses put in and you know absolutely one hundred percent this is the thing. Yeah, you then as a judge should just turn around to the parents of the victim and say which one of you is out of more satanic. That's the one I want to give you this kid for 24 hours tied to a chair. And whatever happens, happens. He doesn't have to come out alive. He can if that's what you feel the, the mercy is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you decide what's best for this person. And I told you, I was like, if I got, if that happened to my kid and God I had forbid, him 24 God hours, forbid. I would say I need like a potato peeler. <laughs> I need a hammer. I need a drill and a saw. And that's it. And the kid wouldn't come out alive. Right, no. And that's just the way it is. You would go Ramsey Bolton all over his fucking ass. And uh, no joke. Like, seriously, because there is nothing more horrific than that crime. And, and, you know, Tyler and I talked about this many, many times over the years. Because I feel we've somehow always wind up back at, like, these horrible crimes. Because her and I have, like, that dark edge in common. And, you know, we always say, like, if you get murdered... You're murdered, and that's it. If you get raped, you have to live with that forever. It never, ever, ever goes away. So, you know, to think that you can just do that and get away with it is not enough. And some people will say, well, you know, it's rape. You can't justify that by, like, torturing and murdering somebody because it won't make you feel better. To them, I say, bullshit, it 100% will make me feel better. I know it. Like right. I would <laughs> I would feel great knowing that all right, you rape somebody, they have that psychological thing. But at least they can think about like the sunny side of it, which is the fact that, you know, this kid was filleted and killed by the time it was all said and done, so justice served. <laughs> As opposed to uh, I may get like four months by the time it's all said and done for what happened and then life goes for on his, as usual. For his to quote his father, his twenty minutes of action. That's what he fucking said. He reduced the sexual assault of this girl to 20 minutes of action. And the judge is now up for Mm re-election. And they're calling for his head, too. They're saying, bullshit, man. Like, how can you get away with this? I I read in one of these articles that I was looking for that I'm pretty sure that the judge is getting um, getting death threats 
because of I read that of as his, well of his ruling, and I, I can't find the article, but um, yeah, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. And like just reading this letter of this father, like the father should be flayed as well, because his like the one one part of the letter was like he he isn't eating. These these verdicts have broken and shattered him and our families in so many ways. Now he barely consumes any food and eats only to exist. You fucked up a girl his whole life. Like she might never be able to trust again. Like and rightfully so. I mean, how do you come like God, how do you come back from that? Well, what do you what do you think's going on with the girl right now? Do you think she's like sitting on a couch snacking? basking in the fact that oh this guy got his by going to jail for a couple of months yeah, for raping she's like, me she's like downing chips and crackers <laughs> yeah like, like everything's all good on her end brock always enjoyed certain types of food and is a very good cook himself i was always excited to buy him a big ribeye steak to grill or get his favorite snacks for him i had to make sure to hide some of my favorite pretzels or chips because i knew they wouldn't be around long after brock walked in from a long swim practice now he barely consumes any food and eats only to exist Oh, I'm so sorry that, like, you don't have to hide your fucking snacks anymore. Like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Turner, you fucking dick. Well, the good news is, is that he'll get his. I am convinced that he'll get his because there is so much, so much publicity on this that his life will be ruined to a point. My only complaint is, is that it's not more physical because I'm all about, like, you physically hurt somebody, you really need to get it back twofold, just as an example, so other people don't do it. And this is like a thing, too, where it's, and this is like a huge, like, it's a huge, bad, like, I want to say vein, kind of, that goes through America and maybe the world at large when it comes to athletes. Um, you know, I, we mentioned last week how, you know, like the Scholastic Awards were created to give kids who weren't athletes, you know, the feeling the of the feeling of being, you know, as important. winning awards and importance and things, because for some fucking reason, sports people and athletes, they're above the law. Look at. How many fucking convictions, how many murders, how many assaults, how many gun fucking bullshit in the NFL alone? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the, the whole thing is just, you know, a league of criminals it, for the most part. Exactly. And then, like, but when something happens to them, like, even look at, like, Michael Vick. Michael Vick was able to make a comeback. Oh, yeah. And not, like, so he missed, like, what, like, a couple years off his career, and then he was able to come back. It's a for for a professional athlete. It's a lot to miss a couple of years, but the fact that you were able to come back is what the shocking thing is. And like they constantly <laughs> find ways to allow these assholes to enter back into a fold that not only welcomes them, but like protects them as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna give you here's eight million dollars. You you know you did dog fighting. Oh, you shot someone. Oh, you raped a woman. Oh, you murdered somebody? Yeah, sure, come back on the field because you might tackle somebody quicker than somebody else or something like that. Like, And it's it trickles down from above. Like when we start treating these athletes like the criminals that they fucking are, then the regular people that are criminals for doing things like this, maybe we'll start getting treated that way too because it's not like... Because as long as there's a group of people that are going to be almost glorified for the things that they commit, that's where the problem starts. But here's where I think this case differs. I think this case differs in that most of the time when these things happen to like professional, regular professional athletes, like mm-hmm. we hear about in the news like and the stuff NFL, like yeah. that, 
you don't really hear about it because they have so much money that they can cover up a lot of that. Right. Like, we love the show Ray Donovan on yeah, Showtime. That, that's a good example. Where yeah. it's like, his. there are people whose jobs it is to, to cover just up cover tracks. up the fuck-ups of people yeah. because so that they can keep maintaining a high level of right. income to keep paying these people high amounts of money to keep covering up right. their fuck-ups. Like, that show started because it was what, like, it was like a either like a musician or like a football player or something like that. Like the very first show was when fo- you meet him. I think him, it was either a football player or a basketball player. All right. or one of those. It was like a what? major athlete of like a major team. And like our first meeting of Ray Donovan is like he goes in and he has to fix this problem because this athlete woke up to find that the stripper or hooker that he picked up the night before died from like a cocaine overdose because they were partying all through the night and he found that she was dead and then he calls Ray who comes and covers the tracks because this guy's his client whether he agrees with what he's doing or not or whether he judges this person or not he's getting paid to make sure that nobody knows what happened to this guy right and and that becomes the problem because on a professional level you won't hear about sexual assaults or beatings usually unless it happens in a public area and somebody who doesn't have an interest says oh my god i heard that that was somebody i'm going to capture it on my cell phone and share it the majority of time these things can be contained if they're in small areas sure whereas something like this case it's not a professional athlete he's not a multi-million dollar like endorsed you know celebrity Like, he is just a stupid fucking kid who made the worst possible choice he could. And he doesn't have somebody, to a cleaner to come in and say, let me fix this problem for you. And that's when these things get, like, surfaced because there is no protection. He's out in the open. So for him, he is going to, I think he really is going to be fucked forever. I hope so. Like, I really hope so. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, because these things have a way of just, like, people go on and he'll resurface. Like, I mean, even just look at that kid that killed Natalie Holloway. Like, what was his name? Jordan, Joran Vandersloot or whatever. Like, he's in a prison, like a South American prison or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, he was able to do that to, like, another person. And then, like, was able to, and then, like, then he's in prison and he has, like, a fucking kid with some woman that was, like, that came to visit him and he was allowed conjugal visits. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Well, that's what you get, man. That's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a double standard in this world and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that is where, what is that? What just fell out of your mouth? It was a fingernail. Leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Go to hell. All right, move on. Ew. And I think that's where I love the idea, again, of the whole American Psycho thing, where it's kind of like, you know, just to bring it all full circle, is we all have these thoughts of, like, violence, and we all have these thoughts of, like, you know, just horrific, horrific things. And some people just take it out of the imagination and act on it. And it's kind of like, man... Maybe it's a jealousy thing where it's like, I would love to just go around the subways with a machete and just start ch- hacking people up. Oh, my God. Stop it. Like, but I won't. And there's the difference. And maybe there is so much hate right now in this country because people are looking at like these particular cases like of rape and murder that's happening around the world. And they're all just angry 
not because of what's happening. Maybe they're angry because they can't act on it the way that these people have acted on it. Yeah. And it's and and it makes you even more angry where these people do these things and then get away with it. And it's like, man, it's so frustrating. It is. It definitely is. So we might not know what's going to happen with the future of this turd. <laughs> but we know some other things in this week's Did You Know? <laughs> Did you know? This week's Did You Know is ironically about ADD. Oh, kind of like our show this week. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to say, why ironically, you ask? Because look at the roadmap of this week's show. <laughs> we are literally all over the place. But we had to talk about the things that we did because... We rarely do a show where we don't focus on one topic. But I feel like there was just some very impactful stuff that happened over yeah. the last week. So, yeah. you know. So, sorry, you had to deal with it. Deal. That's what it is. So here are five facts about ADD from Healthline.com. And just so you know, Nikki found these, these this week. Which You're is, welcome. Yes, very nice of her. Nah, nah. So here you go. Fact number one. Males are almost three times more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than females. Crazy. I could see that because I feel like, especially the hyperactive disorder. Mm -hmm. Like I feel... as like gr coaching kids in sports and stuff like that, like when the kids were younger and stuff, yeah. you might have every once in a while had like a little wild girl running around, but there was a ton of wild boys for yeah. every one wild girl. During their lifetimes, 12.9% of men will be diagnosed with the attention disorder. Just 4.9% of women will be diagnosed. 12.9% doesn't seem like that much until you think of like how many people are that like in this is, city yeah. alone. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's kind of Yeah, that's like almost you know I don't know. One out of every thirteen people. I believe it, yeah. I totally could see that. And you go to like just to like any concert and you hit like five thousand people in a night, you're looking at a massive amount of like lunatics running around and acting crazy. Not lunatics. All right. Well, I can say that because I am mentally challenged myself, so <laughs> it's true. Knowing's half the battle. And let me just say, because you just made a look at me like lunatics. Now I feel like I have to justify it, which is ridiculous. Just don't. Just move on. No, because I have to. Because I'm not lunatics in a way, but I'm just saying there, there were kids seriously who would like go out in like the fields and find dead birds and poke them with sticks and stuff like that and i would go to their parents like when i was coaching soccer and be like going what the hell is wrong with you sadistic little fuck of a kid and the parents would be like going oh you have to take it easy on him because he has a passion for just, nature no because he was just diagnosed with like adhd like six months or a year ago and it's kind of like don't you want to reel that in a little bit though? Like, yeah. like you're, okay, just you're because poking you dead birds with sticks, and yeah. you know you're attracting bees and then swatting them with like cinder blocks. It's like going, what the fuck are you talking about? This is my experience. This is my experience. Okay. All right. So, the average age of ADHD diagnosis is seven years old. That I will believe. Because I feel like a lot of doctors are pushing that ADHD medicine of like course, yeah. crazy right now. I can't wait to find out what the effects of this are over the next 30, 30 years, years or so. Yeah. 
Symptoms of ADHD typically first appear between the ages of three and six, which I can also kind of see because I feel like it's more of a behavioral thing than anything. And you can kind of like curb that no matter like how hard it is. You you just need to like learn to harness it. But we didn't have this kind of shit when I was a kid because... We didn't have anything that kept us inside, like our phones and our games and our this and our that. We were outside running off our energy and like... Swimming? Swimming, yeah. I was Okay. <laughs> God. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like... Like, I'm sure, like, it does, like, I'm sure it does, like, it does exist. It definitely does exist. But, like, the medication thing for it is, like, instead of making kids, like... I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think of, like... Like, there were some kids that I knew that were, like, really rowdy when I was a kid and stuff. But, like, for the most part, like, it wasn't, like, one in 12 kids or whatever. Like, it was one kid in, like, maybe the entire class that was like that. You know what I mean? Right. Because, like, we had a different... Like, we were getting that energy expended somehow. And I would say that medication is not necessarily the answer. To some things it is, yeah. For but- parents, I would say par- for parents, it is the answer because parents can turn around and be like going, look, man, you don't have a kid with this disorder. You don't realize like how hard it is to keep up with them while they run around, you know, the aisles at Walmart, knocking sure. into people and, you know, hiding in clothes racks and shit. But it's kind of like, look, you can be all amped up and have a lot of energy and express yourself, but... It's your job as a parent after having that kid to deal with it and find a way to make that energy be used for positive. Like instead of medicate them, like just teach them not to be a douchebag and everything will be fine. (laughs) And I know that people might say like, all right, that's really harsh because, you know, this obviously is a real disorder and stuff like that. And yeah, totally true. But high energy is not the disorder. Like the that people have a problem with it is the fact that your kids are acting like assholes sometimes that people have a problem with. Anybody can handle somebody with high energy. I mean, I mean, look at last week when we were talking to Katina. She yeah. is full of energy, and I if like looking at her routine, if she was a kid in school, I'd be like, going, oh my god, she might have ADHD because she's like she, so amped up her, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And they would and they would take away her creativity. Right, exactly. But you know, instead she just grows up with good parents who puts her in a place for not, you right, know, treading on her, people. Yeah, who support her cat like not cashing in, but like you know what I mean, but like cashing in on the, the type of energy that she has to create a creative life. Right. Because it's her energy that makes her who she is. Sure. Don't medicate that and, like, take that away from kids. Just when they're running around the store, say, kid, cool the fuck out and just be on them so that they know. Let them manage it, not the medicine. And finally, ADHD isn't just a childhood disorder. Today, about 4% of American adults over the age of 18 deal with ADHD on a daily basis. 4% 4% doesn't seem that much. No, not not that much. But I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, when you have like billions of people in the country and 4% of them have the disorder, that's yeah. one thing. But again, it's kind of like how you're raised. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah. Energy is a good thing. I wish to God I had more of it. I yeah. really, really do. 
And I'm willing to bet, like, after they start, like, medicating these people and... Turn us as, all into zombies. Yeah, they're going to turn us all into zombies. And then let's say in 50 years from now, there's going to be a drug to give us all more energy because we don't, we don't have, have any, any more, more energy, energy. <laughs> So, I mean, either way, the medical industry just keeps churning out yep. bucks, man. It's like the never-ending machine. And that's why my mom tells me to go into healthcare. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe we should all go into healthcare, at least experimental drugs. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Then that is this week's Did You Know? Did you know? And it's also this week's show. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are at the end. Thank you all so much again for listening. And oh my God, thanks for last week's show, guys. Holy crap, man. Yeah. You guys fucking killed it. Our biggest show ever with more than 10,000 listens. Thank that, you so much. That is absolutely insane. And I, you know, it, my God, I just can't thank you enough. Like, that is ridiculous. So, so cool. Um, but we're, we've only just begun. We've only just begun. Check us out online at highregardshow.com. And, of course, if you feel like writing to us, you can do so by contacting us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can always find our witticisms on all social media as High Regard Show. Yeah, check out the late night stuff because I feel like the late night yeah. stuff is when it gets like yeah, really we've got some really good one-liners <laughs> and quotes from high up on our Harlem studio. <laughs> God knows what the hell happened here after hours, I swear. Like, it just, it's getting stranger and stranger. It is, it is. Oh, my gosh. But thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night.